We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, joined as always by Nick Leckie and Tucker Franklin. Nick, how are we doing tonight, my guy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I think things could get better in Chiefs Kingdom, but it's still early on. And they're going to get this victory versus Andy Reid's old head head team and win number 100. Yeah. Listen, it's going to be a big therapy session tonight. We're all going to talk about it. My dogs are going to talk about it. If you can't hear them down there, just going absolutely bonkers. Their timing is impeccable. It is. But Tucker, Tucker, before we before we started the show tonight, we were talking about your trust issues, and we are definitely yeah. going to get into those. But before we get into those, uh, how are things, my, my guy? They're good. I mean, uh, the time of the year, it's busy. Chiefs Twitter, very hostile right now. It's a very <laughs> toxic environment. So I uh, got to be walking on eggshells now. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm as good as, as good as you can be for the Chiefs starting one and two this season. And it seems like such a crappy one and two. Like it seems like they're just, uh, you know, not getting the good bounces that they used to be getting. Yeah. Like things aren't hitting. And I wonder if this is that regression to the mean. Uh, I think that's really interesting and, and something to think about. And we'll, we'll talk way more about what's going on with this team in, in the coming part of the show. But I think that's an interesting point you make there, Nick, about, yeah, it's like they're not getting the ball bounced their way all the time. Like ever since the Super Bowl, really, it seems like, okay, things haven't really bounced their way. So we'll see if that tide turns in Philadelphia Hopefully it does. The Eagles are not the best team they've they're going to face so far this season. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those wait and see type of things. Talked about that a lot. It's going to be nice for the Chiefs just to play. I don't want to say like a normal team, but it's like the Browns were a unique matchup because it was the first game. It was the last game that the Browns had played were against the Chiefs. So coming off the right. playoffs, the revenge, the offensive line, the running game just being a little bit different. Baltimore is just its own animal. Uh, we talked a little bit about with the Chargers being a little bit more of a, a normal per se football team that they're still going to sit back and throw the ball, you know, back quite a bit. But the Eagles are just a average, slightly above average NFL team that you can kind of gauge where you're at, particularly defensively, in that they are more traditional, say, than Baltimore is. You can get kind of a a gauge of where you're at as a defense better overall facing a team like the Eagles. So that's what I'm looking forward to. 
defensively. And we'll get into some of those storylines and a lot of the other ones. But before we break everything down, we got to thank Jack Stack Barbecue, our sponsor here on KC Sports Network and for this podcast, Outside the Trenches, the uh, the first podcast, the uh, initial podcast here on KC Sports Network. So uh, we appreciate them. And whether you're in Kansas City or you're around the country, jackstackbbq.com, they do ship all over the country. And Nick will attest that Crown Prime Beef Rib is worth it. Chef's kiss. It's That's so good. All. It's so good. <laughs> That's it. Really it. It's just it really chef's is. kiss. It needs nothing else. I mean, it's so damn good, and it's it's such a unique barbecue item to Kansas City. And it's like to me, I put it up there with the burn ends from uh, Jack Stack's uh, competitors too. So it's mm-hmm. it's really good. All right, guys, let's get into some football talk now, because I know that's why people are tuned in. And whether you are watching inside of our Facebook group there, at the KC Sports Network powered by the Chiefs Kingdom or on our YouTube page or on our brand new Twitch page, Twitch page or Twitch stream. Channel. Which one is it? It's a channel. Channel? I was wrong. Like completely wrong on that's every right. account. <laughs> Twitch channel. You know, one day I'll get this stuff right. But all right, on our Twitch channel. But again, we appreciate Everybody for tuning in uh, again. Chiefs wanted to under 500 for the first time since 2015. You've heard the storylines. They've talked about them all week. But guys, one of the other storylines I want to get your quick thoughts on before we get into the rest of the show. Josh Gordon, uh, set your expectations because depending upon who you listen to, it's thousand yards, eight touchdowns, or it's I just hope he gets off the practice squad. This guy's toast like he's done. So where in the middle do you fall? Tucker, let's start with you. I am pretty measured, it seems like, in all my opinions. Wow, that was not how I wanted to – how I thought I was going to start that soon. Um, no, this, this podcast is one and two as well too, right? Yeah, this podcast would not, not on a great start. Uh, but anyway, I, I want to be measured about uh, Josh Gordon is what I was trying to say. Um, there are some – very good athletic traits with Josh Gordon. The the KC Lab guys broke down some Josh Gordon film in, in the Discord. They did a film room looking at Josh Gordon, and I was in there watching it with, with the subscribers right along with him and thinking, man, like, this guy in New England was a stunt. Like, he, he still had it. And even his best year was in 2013. And it's like 20 – I can't remember what year it was, 2019 maybe, that he was in New England – and he was balling out. He was high-pointing balls, beating corners that are younger than him, uh, making great gabs on the sideline, going across the middle, making the plays that seemingly the Chiefs can't make right now. And and I was on uh, KMA up in Iowa talking about this, the same thing with Josh Gordon. And Josh Gordon just brings something to the team. If he does, if he is able to get on the field, get off the practice squad, which we all anticipate him to, that the Chiefs haven't had since Sammy Watkins of – having to account for another wide receiver. It doesn't matter if he makes an impact in the game or not. The defense have to respect him, right? You can't just leave him out there and like not cover him like you would uh, a Demarcus Robinson or a McCole Hardman. And all respect to those guys, but they're no Josh Gordon's. Uh, you've got to respect Josh Gordon's ability to get out over the top, make plays in the middle. So you've got to account for those guys. And that'll open up so much more for Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And I think that this is one of those – high or high reward low risk moves because if josh gordon doesn't get on the field a well practice squad deal 
nothing hurt. Nothing hurt from the team's pocketbook at all. And if he does get on the field and he can make an impact and get some defenders away from Tyreek Hill, because Tyreek Hill is facing so much more double teams than he has in the years past. Rightfully so, because he's a top three receiver in the league and he's not three. Um, so he's he's one of the best in the game. And he's facing you know defenses like he's the best in the game. We're seeing Travis Kelsey get Calvin Johnson type coverage, getting two guys lined up over the top of him at the snap of the ball. So they've got to figure out ways to get those guys open, get their guys to be able to get more move in space. I think Josh Gordon could do a really good job of that by just simply being on the field, and that's really all you need him to do. I like how he presents such a matchup problem too for, for safeties and corners. Cause I yeah. think much like offensive linemen, everyone's kind of got their weakness or, or sort of who they have trouble guarding. And it's the same thing with corners and safeties. It's like, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Like some corners and some safeties are, are okay. Defending the, the smaller speedy guy. Uh, and then s- some have issues with the big, big, strong guy, like a Travis Kelsey, but with speed. So when you get a guy like him, like, like Josh coming on this team and, and add just the size aspect, right. That sort of, DK Metcalf aspect, it, it strikes fear in the hearts and it presents those interesting coverage matchups too, because then it's like, okay, who am I putting them on? Am, am, am I putting my, my sort of dime, my, my, my dime player on him? Or am I bringing in like a true corner? Like am I putting in safety? It's like, who do you do? And then, you know, who, what matchup does that take away from? So just schematically, I think it presents a problem pre-snap, which is I think what the Chiefs need to get back to doing is more, mm-hmm. more pre-snap stuff, which is what they've kind of gotten away from. We talked. I talked about this on the the pregame show with one on one the Fox, and they're asking about Josh Gordon's impact. And it, for fans that look at the box scores and they say, well, "I want 2013 Josh Gordon to go out and put up these huge numbers," he's joining the practice squad. We have no idea physically. We assume that he's going to look great and he's going to be in shape and all that. But we have no idea what kind of expectation or how how quickly he can pick up the offense or what kind of impact there's going to be. And to expect to be this big thing, it's not a big deal, but. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth because my take is the best thing that could happen for the Chiefs offense in general is for Josh Gordon to make a big impact or at least make one really big play right off the bat. Because Tucker, to your point, when you're watching and you you see Marcus Kemp lined up on the side, like he may make a play in his defense. Like you're like, okay, this is where guys are lined up. It's a different deal when the week after Josh Gordon catches a 75 yard touchdown, you're the safety saying, I don't think I can cheat over here quite as much. Cause I know that dude, I watched that dude with all those highlights, you know, back when right. I was in high school and college when Josh Gordon was absolutely killing it. So putting that fear in the defensive coordinator of, Oh damn, is that the Josh Gordon that we remember that we've all been kind of hoping that we would see happen. If that's the case, I hope we see it right away because then it affects everything after that. Uh, they start making those decisions based on, hey, we got a guy. Yeah, and another thing is, too, not that Marcus Kemp can't beat guys or Demarcus Robinson can't beat guys, no. McCall Hartman can't beat guys. Like, you can live with that as a defense. If you get beat by Marcus Kemp, you say, oh, well. That, those are the guys, as a defensive coordinator, you want to make the Chiefs beat you with. Josh Gordon is not a guy that you want the Chiefs to beat you with because you've seen what he can do. So he demands respect. And he's going. I, I just think that if he can get on the field, once he does get on the field, let's be let's be optimistic here. I was telling Nick before the podcast, I'm naturally a pessimist when it comes to this stuff. But once he gets onto the field, I think you're going to see a whole lot more free up for this Chiefs offense. It will, and I think uh, last comment, and we'll move on to the next one. But uh, I think what we're seeing too, and what you guys are hinting at as well, is you know to your point, BJ, about saying you know, hey, you want him to score big, so that way defenses think about it. 
and then Tucker, you know, you were sort of sort of saying the same thing where it's like, you know, he presents the, the challenges and everything like that. And it's like what he does and he could throw a wrinkle into the chief's tendencies. Right. Yeah. So now everything you thought, you know, maybe here's your second and long coverage and or here's your third and medium coverage out the window now that Josh Gordon's here. So that could be the, mm -hmm. the breath of fresh air that this offense needs. All right. And Tucker, you just said that, uh, <laughs> that you were being a little pessimistic earlier. We were talking about trust issues is what you were <laughs> saying you were having. And I think it's not a bad segment to move into it, it just in general, where chiefs fans are at, because we, we record yeah. the show on Thursday nights. People are, don't want to, keep talking about the chargers game. They it's a little early to talk about the Eagles for a lot of fans. Like, Hey, what do they got? We know some of the, the good players that they have, but most chiefs fans just kind of want to know, like, how am I supposed to feel right now? Like I feel confident. Like we're still one of the best teams. You listen to Patrick Mahomes, you listen to Travis Kelsey this week. And they say like, our mindset doesn't change because, you know, we had a few fumbles and we ended up losing uh, where they're going to feel like they, they cost themselves by making mistakes, not necessarily just going and getting beat. So to that point, I do want to have a segment where we just kind of air it out a little, little therapy session. <laughs> and Tucker, you get to go first because you were being honest uh, yeah. about how you feel. And just, I think any Chiefs fan that's been a Chiefs fan for very long is a naturally pessimistic person. And if you're not, you're Ted Lasso <laughs> because right. you're the nicest right. person in the world is always in a good mood because so many things have happened. But where does your origin of trust issues when it comes to your sports love come from? Yeah, well, I'm well, I'm not very old, so my Chiefs like the the, I guess the beginning of the trust issues is like the the no punts game and the no field goals game, um, those were kind of the first ones for me that I can really remember thinking like, man, the Chiefs got a good team here, they could probably go and do something, then they don't, and then you're just like, well, how am I supposed to trust this team when they're supposed to be pretty good and they don't don't do anything? And then we go into let's see, what was after that? Was that the the one that comes to my head is the Mariota pass to himself? Oh. That one that one oh. hurt. Um, Indy, yeah. twenty thirteen Indy, yes, twenty thirteen Indy. Oh, talk about some trust issues on that one. Oh my gosh! So I was, and and even during the 2019 playoffs and the run to the Super Bowl, I was like, "Well, this is it. This we this is it. We done it. Uh, we screwed well, it up." But I mean, rightfully so because like, who comes back from 28 points? At, I don't know. Patrick Mahomes is the Ford progress call on Mariota, like the worst yeah, call in progress. NFL. That's the worst call in NFL history. I don't want this to yeah. turn into like, yeah, let's, let's not just sit here and complain about all these game. But we lost to the Steelers, kicked six field goals. Like, are the Steelers kick six field goals? Like, yeah. The BS holding call still Fisher and lost, and then the offsides, yeah. uh, the D four oh, thing. Yeah, I forgot about I'll that. Never forget that one because I was on a plane at like six a.m. the next day to go to the Senior Bowl, just <laughs> contemplating life. Just like, what am I doing? That's what we're doing one. here. Yeah, really so that's is. kind of where it all started, and then from there, Patrick Mahomes kind of erased a lot of that, right? When you see him come back from these games, you're like, wow, Patrick Mahomes can do whatever he needs to do to win a football game. He still can. I'm not saying that he can't, but it's like I start to feel some of that creep back in once you see them go down and then they fumble when they have a game-winning field goal essentially lined up. And then you see them um, you know, turn the ball over four times. You're like, well, nothing is sacred anymore. I guess nothing. I guess all things that I knew were holy or not. What we figured out is the Chiefs can play bad and still lose a football game. Because there for a while, it was like, we want to <laughs> yeah. see that line of how awful can they play. It's like, I bet you can't fumble it four times. 
and win a football game. But like, oh yeah, let's make three of them inside the red zone. Like, oh, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. we also don't stop anybody inside the red zone. Yeah. And see if you can still win a game. And they still almost did every every uh, thing on that bingo card. But Nick, do you get overly? Do you are you pessimistic, optimistic in general about your sports teams when you're watching games? Uh, with uh, with some teams, like with K State, I, I do. I, I just, I don't, for some reason I do, but with the chiefs and with the NFL and with, with parody, I mean, all teams are good. All teams can truly win on, on any given day. And it's not a football, right? It's a foot oval, right? Mm-hmm. So it bounces funny. It really bounces funny. And, and chiefs were getting all those good bounces for the past couple of years. And this season alone, you know, these first, these first games, they have not, been, they, they got the, they, they got the old chiefs, Defense was was a we're gonna kill the drive by by getting a, a, a takeaway, right? And and that's how they beat Cleveland, right? Because if they didn't get that that interception, Cleveland's kicking a field goal. The Chiefs are looking at zero and three, yeah, right. So so yep. that, that's what's been been their saviors, right? Is that so the ball isn't going on, and it's like also you know Patrick isn't making. I, I think Patrick honestly, I think he's doing too much. I, I think we saw this, and I think the Super Bowl year. And correct me if I'm wrong. But the Super Bowl year, I felt like he came out after his MVP and was just trying to clip, right? Tucker, you know what I'm talking about, just clipping, right? Just just yep. trying to make highlights, trying to trying to do uh-huh. stuff. And it's like you look at that that pass play, man. He could have just look, look and just throw it, right? And so still he's young. He's not a 10-year veteran, even though he plays like one. He's still, what, is this fifth year? I don't even know. I think he's 26 now. So yeah, so like fifth year. So it's like he's still youngish. He's still learning stuff. And, and I feel like when the Chiefs figured it out for the Super Bowl year, is when they the offense had to sort of sort of like, hey, we gotta we gotta reconfigure what worked last year is not working this year, and we need to reconfigure offense too because teams have figured us out. And well, not only that, I don't think teams teams have not figured, but they've it's a it's an oval and it's not bouncing for the Chiefs this year, right? <laughs> I think you asked about you know Patrick Mahomes making those crazy plays and not trying to take away that. I I would be curious to ask a guy like Bobby Stroop, guy that's known him, you know, it's been watching him since high school. How how many times have you heard somebody say like you need to learn not to make those kinds of passes? Like I didn't say that. Not, I was like, yes, I know, but you just know what I mean in general. Like that, you're yeah. gonna get a little bit of that, but. Uh, I think we could probably do an entire episode based on the discourse that we've seen on social media on the Marcus Kemp interception on whose fault that was. And like, where do you want to put blame and Tucker? I'm sorry, my guy, Uh, we will not make that a segment. I'm just scrapping that segment right off the bat. Right. Just cancel it. Just, but but, but, but that's also who Patrick is too. Like he doesn't mean to do that. It just, it's a natural tendency and and you don't want to, you don't want to bottle a talent, such as Patrick Mahomes like that to say, Hey, don't do that. But what you can do is just say, Hey, you know, just, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, trust what you see and and don't ever try to contain it. I will say on that. Okay. There's a lot of things that are on social media that uh, you're either one side or the other, right? This I think goes for not just social media, not just for football, but for a lot of things in this world, you're either one side or the other. And, and that's, not necessarily what it is, right? Like that Marcus Kemp interception. Should Marcus Kemp have caught it? Yeah. Should Patrick Mahomes made that pass a little bit easier? Yeah. Both things can be true. No, they're not. No, it's, no it's not. You take a side. You dig in. You die die on a hill. Die on a hill. You have to die on a hill. You, you absolutely can. You can't. You can't have it both ways. You I guess. declare a side. Reason, There's no reason takes here. But yeah, the point is, like, 
Patrick Mahomes not above criticism either. Yeah. And yeah, so it's right. okay for us to be like, you know what? I'm okay with him trying to know it pass and doing that. Cause it works more often than it doesn't. And that takes mm-hmm. away like his swag on the field and all that. But you can still say like, if you're going to do that stuff, you better throw an accurate pass when there's a guy wide open in the middle of the field. And if he doesn't, and he reaches back, you hope he catches the ball and he should at that level. But if he doesn't, it's everybody's fault. Yeah. So. Here's using it as a reason to bring up needing a number two wide receiver. And Marcus Kemp is fully capable of making that catch as capable as Josh Gordon is of not making that catch. So (laughs) any of those things could happen anyway, before we move on to the next segment, we have got to do a special shout out to fairway independent mortgage fairway independent mortgage makes the home loan process as simple as possible by guiding you through every step, just as they've done for the past 25 years. Call Jennifer Dixon at 816-390-8898. That's 816-390-8898. Great rates, a focus on customer service, and the fastest turn times in the industry. That is Fairway Independent Mortgage. Tucker, how was that? That's good. Fastest turn times in the industry? That's what they say. Dang. That is what they say. And that uh, is saying a lot because I'm I'm not going to make this a whole segment but turn times with as many houses of being sold i don't know about your guys's neighborhoods but the, uh, yeah. the real estate market doesn't appear to be slowing down there's still a ton of houses for sale they're over building the a house right across the street from me right now God, you go buy it. you're a billionaire you're building a house right now with, with the cost and I'm, everything like that yeah. but that's another podcast yeah Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate the shout out from the comment section. So, guys, right now, before actually, I want to ask about the uh, the Eagles game and get each of you to give me one take real quick because everybody's got their eye on something different right now. Is there a thing that's great and bad about having so many different content creators within Chiefs Kingdom? There's a lot of different places to get a lot of cool content. A lot of people want to focus on the defensive line up front, people focusing on the offensive line, people focusing on the receivers, the corners, the linebackers. A lot of people have been focusing on the linebackers and the safety play. When it comes to Sunday, who are you focusing on, Nick, individually that you're like, I want to see that guy have a good game? Who is the guy that you think for the Chiefs to come out and win this game needs to have a good game against the Eagles on Sunday? I'd say I'll be looking at Hitchens. I, I really will be uh, Hitchens or or I'd say Orlando uh, or anybody who's lining up against Fletcher Cox. Right. He's, he's a bad mamma jamma at defensive line. Uh, but I, I think Hitchens because I think Hitchens ha- can play at the level. And I just feel like his game is a bit off right now. Uh, I think the communication and getting, you know, plays called or, you know, whether that's from Spags or him or, or getting people lined up. You know, I think there's some some rustiness to this Chiefs defense, which I don't know if it's from from Chris Jones being out outside and them learning new schemes around him, or you know him having to account for that. Uh, you know, not having Frank Clark out there. Uh, so there's a lot of things that I'll uh, I'll be looking at. But I think if you had to narrow it down, I'd be looking at Hitch, just because I know he can play. He's played at a high level and uh, just hasn't looked his usual self. Tucker, what about you? Who are you looking forward to watching on Sunday? Who do you think needs to have a good game for the Chiefs to get their second win of the season, get back to 500? Well, I'm always looking at Nick Bolden because, you know, that's a Mizzou guy. I, I might hold the Mizzou guys, the Mizzou faithful, up to you a higher standard. You chose violence. You did this. I did. 
listen, I did, and I fully recognize that I chose violence. I might hold Nick Bolton to a higher standard than uh, anyone else does, but I would, I, I want to see him do well. But when I start thinking about it, I'm thinking about Dan Sorensen as another guy that didn't really have a great showing against really the first three weeks of the season. So hopefully he can get back on track. I really want to see one Thornhill out there. That's who I want to see out there and see him come out there and play well. Um, he doesn't hasn't been getting as much run, but I want to see him get more run. Uh, I, I really like Juan. I know BJ really likes Juan as well. And uh, I just want to see him do good. But I think the eyes are on the defense, right? I, both Nick and I said defense. I don't know what you think here, BJ. Yeah, I'm going to go with 5-5, five, five, and I'm bringing this up for his Five Farms there from Holiday Distillery, our good friends up there. Five Farms for 5-5 five, five because I need to see Frank Clark back out on the field. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to happen this week. Don't know his injury situation, but um, there's a presence there, and anyone who's ever listened to this show knows how I feel about Frank and what his presence does to get back out on the field. Uh, but I do think that he's got something left in the tank that our defense needs and it's going to help. And there's going to be times that we are reminded why he's out on the field and why he is um, valuable to this defense. And I will continue to sing that song and the five farms and the five, five is just a natural connection. So trying to do something a little fun there. I like how we did all do defense. So that is, that is peculiar seeing Mm -hmm. as how the offense is really, really not getting it done. Uh, I know it's a team sport. But at the same time, it's like offense, man. You got to sustain some more drives. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. That was a great comment. I had to, I had to do it. All right, before guys, we're gonna do one more segment before we go into blind nil. I know Nick is just itching to get to blind nil, <laughs> his favorite segment. But um, we used to do this a long time ago on at Arrowhead Pride in the blog I was on. I want to know what your guys' victories of the week are. Everybody spent at least on social media. On um, on Twitter, I'll explain it, Nick. Uh, everybody, it's just Chiefs are one and two. You're expecting them to go three and zero. Team, everyone thought the team was going to be undefeated. It's just a lot of negativity. I want to spread some positive, get some positive juju out there. So, Nick, you get to go first. I want to know what's your victory of the week. What's something good that's happened? Um, I would say that my my uh, we tested negative for COVID. My, my son got mm. it last week. So Big. we all tested negative. So that's good. Or he got it two weeks ago, rather. So we're just getting out of quarantine. So that's, that's a big win. And luckily, you know, he was, um, he was symptom free. So that was good. That's good. Tucker, what's your victory Man. of the week? Um, I've been going to bed before 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that's a win. Tucker. Hey Tucker, are you, comfortable, are you comfortable saying your age on on air? Yeah, I'm 23. <laughs> yeah. Nick, how many That's times awesome. did you go to bed before one o'clock at 23 years old? Not a lot. Not a yeah. lot. Yeah. Not a lot. <laughs> All right, let's move into blind now. Nick, I'll let you take this segment over. This is going swimmingly. You go ahead and take this one. Blind nil. Have other teams figured out the Chiefs? Or are the Chiefs shooting themselves in the foot? Chiefs are shooting themselves in the foot. I don't. I haven't seen very many times outside of Patrick Mahomes uh, looking uncomfortable in the pocket. We've talked about that. I think it's in his head now, stepping up, stepping back, drifting, all the stuff. It seemed like, at least in the Chargers game, there were a few times where it just looked 
uncomfortable. Uh, but in general, the Chiefs turn the ball over four times, three times inside the red zone. They don't do that. They win those games. They don't turn the ball over in freak fashion. They win the game. So as close as they are to being 0-3, they are is equally close to being 3-0, and um, which masks a lot of these issues. If we had won these games, we'd be talking positive and everybody would be happy. We wouldn't be complaining about the bad things and the people that would be pointing those out would be called haters. Because I like, quit hating on stuff. We're 3-0. And so now everybody's a hater for bringing up that stuff. And you have, you know, people like us that sit here and try to break it all down for you. Yeah. I don't know if really anyone's figured out the chiefs. Um, I think the, the formula is you got to limit Tyreek Hill. Then Travis Kelsey still has a really good game and still puts him in a pretty good position to win a game. Um, the, the, I, I, it was always funny when like the, the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, and then people were like, Well, that's it, they figured out the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if they have their third string offensive line in, and you've got some dudes on the defensive line, and some dudes at linebacker, and some dudes at safety, yeah, you can, you got, you got the Chiefs figured out. Um, I don't think that they've been figured out. I think it's the Chiefs, you know, four turnovers with three coming in the red zone, not very good. Um, also. You know, what are they, 11 for 12 in red zone defense? So I know they got one stop, and it was a field goal. So still getting points out in the red zone. Not great for the old Chiefs defense, but, um, yeah, I, I just think that they're they're could, they're hurting themselves. That's what I'm trying to say. I like that. I like that. I don't know. I, I, think, I think that there are pieces coming together about clamping, clamping uh, the Cheetah and clamping yeah. Travis. That I really feel like you, you kind of limit, you kind of um, like a like a turtleneck, where you just like like a weak person slowly putting hands around your neck. Like I think if you do that to this offense, right, you're not getting these, you know, these first half explosion of points, which is just weird for me to see because usually it's like the Chiefs are on chill mode in the second half, and now they're in kind of this scramble sort of like, oh shoot, we don't have this big old lead margin of uh, or lead anymore so it's just it's weird football to me it's like something's off and i know the turnovers are an issue um and then the red zone but they look at stuff too is i still have yet to see the Chiefs score a lot of touchdowns in the red zone outside of the turnovers on just pure pure rushing plays yeah right? and and you know past years they've had to reach into that bag of tricks is there is there you know what's the the super bowl play where they did the uh the rose bowl formation I mean, that's how they were scoring in the red zone and that's where you think you should trick, trick plays. But I would love to see, and this is me being a, just an O-line guy, for the Chiefs to change it up and just straight up run the ball in the red zone. <laughs> I would like to see yeah. that. Just, just, let's see what this offensive line can do. That was – we brought we yeah. talked about it all offseason. The lab guys talked about running more power and, and being more physical with the guys that they had up front. So I, it fits with everything that we had talked about. And it seemed yeah. like we had talked about during the preseason. We saw bodies being moved that – Duke Manyweather and the O-line masterminds and Jeff Schwartz and those guys are highlighting Trey Smith and those guys and Creed Humphrey, not just moving bodies, but they're pancaking NFL players as rookies. Um, it You can talk a lot about Brett Veach drafts over the last three years, and a lot of people have spent a lot of time looking at the lack of production they've gotten out of those first couple of draft classes. But this one, especially as it relates to the offensive line, he's going to hang his hat on. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be huge. Yeah. All right, Tucker, what's your blind nail segment for us tonight? 
so I had a conversation, I believe it was with the KC Lab guys. I can't remember where it was taking place. I got I talked to those guys so much I forget where these conversations take place. But they were talking about this Eagles game, and I believe it was Craig Stout brought this up. And I've been kind of mulling over it all day of is this a lose-lose game for the Chiefs? When you think about it, they're playing an Eagles team who is not very good, just got whopped by the by the Cowboys. Um, and if the Chiefs blow them out, so what? That's what they're supposed to do. If the Chiefs lose to the Eagles, then it's full-on panic mode. So is this a lose-lose game for the Chiefs? I would say no. I would say if you win, you, you got to win. Like I, I see what you're saying about are they back, but I think the, the one factor – and the thing that kind of sucks is that you are facing a team who's coming off a, a, a horrible loss. So right. guess who's going to be motivated, right? Guess who's going to reconfigure their, their Jalen Hurts led offense. You know, guess what defense is actually pretty good. Just isn't showing it. It's the Eagles. So this could be a perfect storm for the chiefs to like, are, are they still hung over from, from this loss to the chargers and this loss to Baltimore? Right. Like, are they just thinking that things are just going to get cleaned up magically? You know, are these errors going to get corrected? So, no, this is a this is a must win. Uh, like the Chiefs are, are could go one and three. So if anything, it's a uh, it's like a like a playoff game. You need. Yeah. I don't think anybody uh, is going to criticize because of the environment we're in right now uh, coming off the two losses that if the Chiefs come out and boat race them, it's like that's what they were supposed to do. Like maybe some people it's it. I think most people would just be like, feel better. Like, okay, good. Like, that's what yeah. I thought we were. Like, that's who yeah. I thought we were. Um, so I don't necessarily see that as much, but uh, you never know. I, I think it's going to be an Andy Reid love fest. I mean, that's, it's in yeah. Philly. He's got the record. Uh, he wins that. He does something that no other coach in NFL history has ever done. The Eagles have won a Super Bowl. Andy Reid has run a Super Bowl. There's been enough time now, and not that he hasn't gone back and played there before, and it's not the first time he's done this, but this just feels a little different. And there's a very like realistic uh, milestone that he's going to hit for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Um, anybody that, or excuse me, Andy Reid will with the win on Sunday would be his hundredth win with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he would become the first coach in NFL history to win at least a hundred games with two different NFL franchises. And the fact that the game is in Philly just right. makes it that more special. I think coach made a joke during a presser this week when somebody asked him, he's like, yeah, you think we'd lose those last two games? Of course we were setting this up for this. To be this cool. <laughs> the perfect way. That's the exact way that Andy Reid is going to answer some question about him uh, yeah. is a way to deflect it and make it a joke in some way. But um, yeah, my, my blind nil question for you guys this week I uh, kind of gave away one of them just read with, you know, what player do you expect to, to do well? Um, but in the spirit of the campaign that we did, that we started this morning with feed it forward, um, which is for anyone who's listening, who didn't see it on social media, uh, we are sending a hundred cookie society cookies that yes, that is Jeff Allen and his wife, Marissa's company. They're based in Frisco. Mm. We are sending a hundred of those cookies to a different school in the Kansas city area uh, every week to as a feed it forward teacher appreciation campaign, just a simple way to say thank you uh, to teachers for everything they've done during COVID over the last couple of years. Uh, my mom was a teacher. My sister is a teacher. And I know what they're going through with, with the mask mandate and like all the crap that everybody knows and, and dealing with kids and our kids uh, anyway, that's uh, thankless or 
it's a thing position and then um an area they don't get enough credit as it is and so we really need to uh thank them in situations where we're all stressed and we've all got stuff going on so uh in the spirit of that and the 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 campaign that we started today delivered 100, 100 cookies to Sunrise Point Elementary School. I want to ask Nick, what is your favorite all-time cookie and what is your most overrated flavor of cookie? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't see that one. Didn't think that one was coming, did you? That's a true blind nil, DJ. Thank you for, for fully You're adopting. There was no welcome. eye roll when you said blind nil this week, so I knew it had to be special one for you. Um, so let, let's say like, I think my favorite, and this might be cheating, but I am a massive fan of the, uh, the Oreo cookie, uh, were you talking cookie or quick ice cream? Just a pure cookie. Just a cookie. I think, okay. So without the ice cream, I was going to say the Oreo cookie, ice cream, cookie sandwich, but that that's not whatever <laughs> I would say the, um, like let's go girl scouts, right. Cause it's for Ooh. a good cause. And okay. then it's going to be basic as hell, but the lemonades, it's got like the, it's like, looks like a graham cracker or a shortbread. And it's got like this layer of like plasticky, Lemon. like, like, uh, looks like, <laughs> icing. A, I don't know, icing. It's like, yeah, I, I, like icing, but it's a lemonade. And it's like, to me, it's this, it's one flavor. And like the textures just get like, when you, when you chomp them, the textures just kind of get this in your mouth. And you just like, it's like a, like a pop of lemon. Right. Like like a mm -hmm. zest, like a zest of lemon. And it's just, oh, I'm like, wow, what an appropriately named cookie. It's a lemonade. So the lemonades from Girl Scout cookies are my most favorite all time cookie in the whole wide world. And the most overrated, uh, the most overrated cookie. I, I don't like the uh, like the double chocolate chip or not. No, 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 no not not the double chocolate chip. Any chocolate chip cookie that doesn't have a billion uh, chocolate chips in it is overrated okay. and it stinks. It's terrible. I want to go back to these lemonade cookies because I saw Tucker's face and the whole world is going to see Tucker's <laughs> face. Cause man, Tucker, you must like these cookies. Cause you were into what yeah. he was talking about. <laughs> Lemonades are my favorite girl scout cookie. Yeah. Um, I love the, the lemony zest flavor. Yeah. And so when Nick was talking about it, I, I was, he was preaching to the choir. Um, so I, 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 read, I would sing those praises as well. All right. I'm very quickly going to go in cookie society. All the cookies are good. Don't get me wrong, but in general, uh, peanut butter cookies are trash. Like they're just, they're, they're trash cookie. Um, that's my thought. And then oatmeal raisin top cookie. I'm a huge, what did you say? Oatmeal raisins are delicious. And are you really want to throw it? <laughs> I was, I, that was almost my overrated one. Like that's, I was hoping you came with it because we could go, we could throw down. I was your ready. favorite cereal crackling oat brand or the, the, like the frosted, the frosted mini wheats, but just the big square. Like is the that cookie one? crisp, cookie crisp. That's just say on brand. <clears throat> They're delicious. Frosted mini wheats. Uh, or the big mini you what's would. the what's the what's the mini wheat where you get like four and like a thing that you have to be over 90 to get what's your favorite <laughs> no. cereal are you gonna say is oh is oatmeal a cereal yeah right it's steel cut <laughs> grain my favorite cereal is count chocula and it's on right now because it's halloween season oh count chocula is the goat because there's no, no wheat i still haven't heard a good 
excuse or reason why oatmeal raisin isn't on the Mount Rushmore of cookies. Okay. Um, because, uh, listen, okay. So I, okay. I, I do lunches for like doctor's clinics and stuff like that at, at my job. And I will get like, if I'm getting like 30 cookies, I'll get 25 chocolate chip cookies and I'll get five oatmeal raisin. And guess what? End of the day, I've got four oatmeal raisins left. <laughs> Invite me over. Cause I would love to be a part of your cookie parties. Cause I it's, will just be in heaven. No, Nobody's it's, like, eat it's like pick one. Are you healthy or not healthy? Like, I don't, I don't like this. Like, like a, like a diet cookie. Like, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm an adult. I'm going full on. It's like brunch, right? I'm either, I'm either drinking at breakfast or I'm drinking at lunch. I don't need you to, <laughs> to fluff it up for me. I don't. It's your diet cookie. If I want oatmeal, I'll eat oatmeal and I'll put a whole bunch of butter and honey and peanut butter and yogurt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look at you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. BJ is, or they're showing their comments. So oatmeal cookie lovers unite, I guess. Listen, I've seen some stuff on social calling them trash cookies, and I'm just ready to throw down here. And I was ready to do it today, but nobody <laughs> wants to come. Nobody wants to come. You come at the oatmeal raisin cookie, which is the king. Oh, RIP Omar. All right. Exactly. All right. Final thoughts before we let everybody go. We appreciate everyone for tuning into this episode. Uh, hopefully next week when we have the show on Thursday, we're talking about a victory. Uh, we won't spend a third of the show talking about cookies. Final thoughts, Nick, what do you got? 100. Let's do it. LFG with like four exclamation points. All caps. There we go. Nick just made a tweet. Um <laughs> This is what I say to to my high school kids when we get done on our Thursday walk through practice. I say, "Hey, he's in the barn. Um, work's all done. And you gotta now. You just gotta go go to bed, get rest up, ready to go." So, Hayes in the barn. Awesome. My final thought is for anyone who's still listening, we appreciate your support of KC Sports Network. Please continue to follow us, subscribe to our Substack at kcsn.substack.com. You're getting seven newsletters a week. Those are in-depth breakdowns, features, stuff that uh, warrants paying $50 a year is all that is. And if you pay $50 a year right now, we are going to send an additional five cookies to different five different teachers in the Kansas City area as part of this Feed It Forward campaign. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. Thank you so much. Again, we will see you guys next week, hopefully talking about a Chiefs victory over the Eagles, praising Andy Reid for being a GOAT. And then talking about that primetime matchup with the Bills the following week, which will be a big one. Again, please continue to rate, review, subscribe to all of the shows on our channels. We appreciate your support, and we'll see you next time. See you. Trap game.